as long as I am breathing, as long as I am breathing, I will always worship. Come on, and I will not be silent, and I will. this time and I will not be silent and I will not be silent I will always worship as long as I am breathing as long as I am breathing I will Worship right there. There's a worship for you right there. As long as I am breathing. Come on, come on, come on. Receive our hallelujahs. 
receive our thank you, Jesus. Move in this place in a mighty, miraculous way. In Jesus' name, amen. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will last forever. Look over at somebody right now, just tell them, I need to worship him. I refuse to let anybody else praise God on my behalf. When God has been good to me, I don't mind if you help me praise him, but you can't do all the praising for me. I don't mind you honoring my wife and helping me laud and praise her, but you can't bless her more than I do because of the relationship that we have and, and my appreciate, y'all miss that. Where God is concerned, I don't mind you joining in, but he's done too much for me that I have to give him an individual praise. I, I have to think about what he's done for me, where he's brought me from, what he's brought me through, what he's brought me out of, how he's kept me, and when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me. It is my soul that says hallelujah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
we fail to realize that our God raised up a preacher, a Moses in our own time and generation, to speak to the world. He didn't use the exact words of Moses, but there was a lot of let my people go in there. And our forgetting of the rough road, or as James Weldon Johnson called it, the stony road we tried, and the bitter, the chastening rod, felt in the days when hope unborn had died. Our forgetting that is causing us to live with a sense of entitlement that makes us believe that we no longer need to fight for our own rights or for the liberty of others. And the tragedy of that is, just like rights are given, if you do not continue to reinforce them, those same rights are taken away. Because some people believe they're gods, small g, and they figure they giveth and they taketh away, and then they want you to bless their name. But you and I have to remember, we have been given power on this earth to make a difference. And if you die and do not leave a legacy of having made a difference, you failed in your journey on the earth. Someone should be able to point to you and say, you made a difference in my life. Your encouragement kept me going when I thought I was going to give up. You put a little change for you in my hand. It was changed to you, but it was all I needed to get food. I was hungry and you fed me. You, you came to visit me when I was at my worst and lowest point in prison where I really didn't want to live any longer, but you visited me and I got the will to keep going on. Oh, if you failed to make a difference in this life, you have failed your existence in this life because you were created to make his name glorious. And the only way you make his name glorious is make a difference the way he would want you to make a difference. How reverend, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, visit them that are prison bound, make make freedom, real freedom for everyone. And that's why today's sermon is important. 
Isaiah 58, verse 12. I'm already in my sermon. I know you think I was a digression. It was an introduction. is something interesting in Isaiah 58. Um, here, look at beginning of verse 6. I'm reading the Message Bible. This is the kind of fast day I'm after. To break the chains of injustice get rid of exploitation in the workplace, free the oppressed, cancel debts. What I'm interested in seeing you do is sharing your food with the hungry, inviting the homeless poor into your homes, putting clothes on the shivering, ill-clad, being available to your own families. Do this and the lights will turn on and your lives will turn around at once. Your righteousness will pave your way. The God of glory will secure your passage. Then when you pray, God will answer. You'll call out for help and I'll say, here I am. A full life in the emptiest of places. Listen, if you get rid of unfair practices, quit blaming victims, quit gossiping about other people's sins. It's in the Bible. If you are generous with the hungry and start giving yourselves to the down and out, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadow lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden a gurgling spring that never runs dry. You'll use the old rubble of past lives to build a new, rebuild the foundations from out of your past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins, rebuild, and renovate. Make the community livable again. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may take your seats. Didn't expect that one, did you? Next few moments, I'm going to continue the series of sermons that I'm going to be doing over the next few weeks called Bounce Back Better. Bounce back better. The truth of the matter is that life 
can put you in a position that requires that you bounce back. Okay, maybe you haven't been through something, anything, but uh, I know I'm talking to somebody. You can get sick, and you went from being completely healthy, running things and in charge, to needing help just to survive. And you have to bounce back. A loved one can get sick. And all of your strength and energy goes into them. And you every morning have to bounce back to even go see them, to even hold their hand at their most difficult hour. Oh, maybe you didn't get that. You could lose a job. Or you could be on a job you hate. And every day you go to work, you got to bounce back so you show up the next day. You could be married to somebody that not only are you out of love with, you're not sure you like. And every day, you got to find a reason to bounce back. Money gets funny. Stuff happens. Our dear sister, Fondretta Poe, was driving, going to work, and minding her own business on a icy, cold morning, cold day and trying to stop her brand new vehicle. Couldn't stop it in time. Car skidded, flipped, and there's a picture of it sitting upside down. She was blessed to be wearing a seatbelt that saved her life. I, I also believe that the angels were watching over too. But at some point, sis got to bounce back. I talked to her the other day, and I, after she had gotten, her, gotten in the middle of that situation, I called to pray with her. And I said to her, I said, um, I said sis, I said, I'm so sorry what you've been through, and I won't go through our whole conversation. I said, but um, I said, I want you to know something. There are programs now that people do, and I hope you had it because there's a new type of insurance and I hope you had, I don't know if she does or not, but I said, I hope you had it because see, you can get insurance now that if you crash your car, you don't get the one back that you crashed or made equal. No, new system now, they give you a car one year newer than the one you crashed. Because it's not enough to bounce back. You gotta bounce back better. You see, remember, you can bounce back to the place, position, and purpose where you were, or you can bounce back better. 
And you have to decide that you want better. I don't know. I'm a sports fan, and I've been watching uh, Shannon Sharp. Uh, and uh, I used to watch him when he was with Skip Bayless, and they were doing their, their show. And he and Skip had a fallout over some of Skip's um, biases, for lack of a better expression. And, uh, and unceremoniously, this Hall of Fame football player was let go of his job. They, they, uh, they put him off the job. They fired him. Now, I don't know about you, but when you've been as high as he's been, winning as much as he's won and celebrate as much as he's able to celebrate to get fired off a job that you were good at has to sting. But what really got my attention about this was Kimberly Parker Milner wrote an article or a quick blurb and she said, since leaving Fox Sports, Shannon has joined ESPN with Stephen A. Smith. So he's on that show now. He started Nightcap, uh, they call him Unc with Ocho Cinco. Uh, he's now the most entertaining, voted the most entertaining media personality. And then last week, he broke the internet with an interview with Cat Williams that has garnered now combined close to 80 million views. Let me help y'all see this. That's bouncing back better. At some point, you have to decide that you're going to bounce back better. I'm not going back into the same relationship. If we're going to be together, it ain't going to be the marriage we had before. I'm not spending all of my time upset about the same thing I was upset about last year. I refuse to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting a different result because sooner or later they're going to think I'm the one crazy. I decide I'm going to do better. So I, I picked this text out and you probably wonder, Bishop, what made you grab this text? Because this text is so mispreached that I thought I'd give the church a few correctives. Because this text is actually about religious people doing religious things to be seen as righteous. Let me do it again. It's about religious people doing religious things to be seen as righteous. So you want to look the part, but you don't necessarily want to be a part. How about that? How about that? Come on. 
You, you want to look like you saved, but you can't really save. And then you want to complain that God is not answering your prayer when you know you ain't right. Okay, now, ooh, I feel preaching up in my sanctified soul. Listen, they were fasting. They were going to worship. And their ritual was interrupted by a divine accusation. Their ritual was interrupted by divine accusation. Now remember now, they were accusing God of not answering their prayers. They were sort of saying, where were you, God? And God was looking at them like, really? We want to play the blame game? <laughs> you want to, look, you can fake holy in front of folk that only see the outside of you. But see, I know you undercover. I know the DL. I know all your, oh, never mind. Listen, they had become nearly incorrigible, feeling slighted by God, yet God is seeking to shift them from superficial worship of ritualism into real relationship. And what you have to know is that God wants us not to be stuck on ritual, but to grow in relationship. You know, what's what's really interesting is, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna pull all this in, they were fasting, yes. But their fast was not really meaningful because their fast was to be seen. And it was that same spirit of wanting to be seen that Jesus confronts about fasting in Matthew 6. Now, if you really want to read a Jesus passage and a corrective to religious folk, read Matthew 6 in its entirety. Because in Matthew 6, Jesus says, look, stop being a hypocrite. I didn't say it. That's what Jesus said. See, he, verse 16 says, and whenever you fast, do not look gloomy like hypocrites. No, hypocrite, another word for actors playing a part, for they put on a sad and dismal face like actors discoloring their faces with ashes or dirt so that their fasting may be seen by men. I assure you, most solemnly say to you, they already have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head as you normally would to groom your hair and wash your face so that your fasting will not be noticed by people but by your father who is in secret and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. 
I'm not saying you need to be a secret agent. I'm not saying you ought to be a secret saint. But what I am saying is you should not be a saint who seeks to be seen. Your righteousness should be greater than that. And we will know you by the fruit you bear, not by the clothes you wear. So whether your skirt is long or short, we'll know you by your fruit. Whether you look deep or not, in your nice drab outfit, we'll know you by your fruit. Okay. What, 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 what Jesus is trying to tell them is that I need to help you become what God wants you to be. Let me do it this way. Three things the text suggests. Three things, just three things. Three things. And when you see these, you won't unsee them after I'm done today. The first thing the text says is that some things can't be removed, but they can be reset. Some things can't be removed, but they can be reset. And what Jesus wanted them to do was to reset, go back to the beginning and start doing things differently. Okay, let me, let me do it this way. You see, there, there, are, there are some things about your past that you cannot undo. You cannot undo the past. Some stuff you did, you did. Okay. It's done. It can't be undone. I'm not telling you you need to put a sign on said I did it. And I'm not telling you to be shaggy and say, it wasn't me. But what I am telling you is there are things in your past that can't be undone. And what you have to do is say, God, give me a reset. Since it can't be removed, give me a reset. The destruction that had taken place had already happened. It could not be undone. But we could get a reset and start making things over again. We can't change what has already taken place. When an earthquake happens, we can't change the devastation. But we can hit the reset button and help people start moving again. The thing that God impressed upon them is, hey, y'all, you around here trying to be religious and look religious, but you're fasting for being seen, and right next to you, you are exploiting people. While you are fasting, you're taking advantage of the poor. While you are praying, 
you are actually preying on people. And what God says is, that's not the kind of fast I want from saints. You want a real fast this Lenten season? He said, I want a fast of caring. I want a fast of being in the community and making life better for other people. I want a fast from your lying. I want a fast from hypocrisy. I want a fast from you doing that which you know is not pleasing in my sight. The kind of fast I want will have you visiting those that are lonely and left out and left behind and caring for those who have needs. That's my fast. That's my kind of holiness. See, the reset is I need to get your minds changed around what is good and what is not. You know, Princess Diana, who died way too soon, she got in a lot of trouble because she wouldn't act royal like some both wanted her to And acting royal to them was you really can't touch the people and the people can't touch you. So when she went to an area of the world where there were AIDS victims and she went over and started holding their hands and she made contact and started helping them. People lost their mind. You're royal. You're not supposed to touch. She said, you've lost your mind. You don't understand what it means when you're blessed and how you ought to reach your hand out to somebody else who's struggling along the way. If I can't help somebody, as I'm traveling along, if I could cheer somebody with a word or song, if I could show somebody they are traveling wrong, then my living shall not be in vain. Living a life that's unhelpful is a vain life. I am um, I took a point out this message I'm going to put in right now, and I'll make it some other time. You see, some of us have given in to nihilism. I'll explain it. What it means is you're starting to treat things like me they're all meaningless. If I help this one, it's meaningless. If I go to church, it's meaningless. Nothing has meaning to it. Everything is vanity. And the truth of the matter is that that kind of thinking is what causes people to become inwardly selfish and bitter and only caring about themselves and maybe their families because they forget that you are an extension of God in the earth realm. You made it to the earth realm when there are a lot of others who never made it in. You missed that, went over your head. You, the 
person sitting in your seat is a miracle. When you think about it, when you go home, you are an extension of God in the earth realm. And what you do with the life force God has given you and the light that God has put in you is a reflection of your gratitude for the opportunities given to you. That was so deep, it'll take you a week to figure it out. Okay, let me say this. Reset always precedes restoration. Reset always precedes restoration. Anybody ever have one of those computers or your phone go down? And they say, uh, we're gonna need to do a factory reset. And it looked like you lost all your stuff until you figured out it's in the cloud. You, you missed it, went over your head. Let me do it for somebody else. Listen, what it means is that the reset, the clearing of everything that was there and the things that were corrupted has to be done before I can restore anything you once had. And God right now, wants to reset your life, maybe even some of your plans, so that you can begin your restoration. Let me, let me tell you something. You're here today because it's your time. It's either your time for your personal restoration or it is time now for you to help someone with theirs. Only reason you're listening to me right now is you are in the timing of God. Now, can I also give you a fair warning? Because you are hearing me, you are also now pushed into the responsibility for its use. I'm almost done, I'm almost done, I'm almost done. Number two. Some things can't be restored, but they can be repaired. Some things can't be restored, but they can be repaired. You know, I, um, I watched an artist one time take a master piece of art, and, um, and he fully restored it, went back over, and cleaned up the canvas and went over stroke by stroke by stroke. And it was in such pristine condition that you never knew that there was ever a problem. Great story, wonderful. But then I've also seen artists take and they get a canvas that has been ripped and they couldn't just go back and put the paint on it and make it pretty again. It needed a repair. And the repair would always mean there'd be a little bit of a place where you'd see where it was once torn. 
Let me give this to you. You have to know that God wants to bring you into a place where you can be repaired, even if not restored the way you were. And so what? You got a little scar from what happened in your life. So what? There's a place that you can see of what took place. But you've got to know that God is in the business of repairing us so that we can be what God wants us to be. And it's never easy, but we've got to allow God to be God. Amen? Final point, final point. Now, you all know we've got great prayer warriors and great leadership, right? And so let them pray, all right? So let, last point, last point. Some things can't be restored or repaired. They have to be rebuilt. <sighs> See, if you have a small thing that we could just do a little zip zip fix to and you can see a little scar that's one thing but there are times when everything has fallen down the building has collapsed the ruins are there and it cannot be simply repaired you've got to start building it up from the foundation up. It's got to be done over again. And what Jesus is wanting us to understand and what we need to get in our spirits is that Jesus came for us to be able to rebuild our lives. And what he was calling them for and the prophet was saying is, it is time for us to rebuild Jerusalem. It's time for us to rebuild the center of our community. And what Jesus tells us over in Matthew and then again in Luke 4, it is time for this generation to begin to rebuild what the enemy has destroyed and to be called repairers of the breach and restorers of the wall. This generation now has to take up the mantle from the previous generation. The movement is not over. The baton has been dropped. It's now time to pick it up again and begin to rebuild everything that the enemy has tried to destroy. We need to rebuild our communities, rebuild our children, rebuild our churches so that we can make a difference in this world. But we can't do it like we did it before. We've got to build back better. We've got to bounce back better. We need to be better than we used to be because God has given us more to work with. Somebody give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise. God bless you. The doors of the church open. I extended invitation today. Maybe you'll come by letter, by Christian experience, or as a candidate for baptism. I extend you an invitation if you're looking for a church home. If you're online, call me or write me right now.
and say, I want to be a part of that fellowship and a member of that faith community. I welcome you today to give your hand to the preacher and your heart to God. This is your opportunity. The doors of church open. I extend to you the invitation of faith. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? Every head bowed and every eye closed. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. Thank you, Lord. thank you right now for our dear sister minister Sharice. We speak over her life right now. We plead the blood of Jesus right now. We thank you for divine healing from the round of her head to the sole of her feet. We thank you God because we know who you are and even in this situation we call forth the ministering angels to be present even now. We speak your love, your peace, and your mercy even in this situation. We call it those things that be not as though they were, so we call it blessed right now. We call it healed right now. We call it fixed right now. In the name of Jesus, we count it done. We bless your name. Now, Father, every person under the sound of my voice, they're here for a reason. I thank you, God, that they've heard a word. But God, I pray, God, that word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which you sent it to do for the transformation of your people that leads to a greater manifestation of your mercy in the earth realm. And we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for the next move of God in this place. And we give you, God, thanksgiving in this place. Now everybody agree with that? Come on, give God a praise with me. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. You may be seated. Just want to tell you, Lord, I Come on, you ought to say it with me. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship and adore you. I worship and adore you. Just want to tell you. Just want to tell you. Lord, I love you. Lord, I love you more than anything. One more time, I love you, I love you. I love you, Jesus. 
I worship and adore you. I worship and just want to tell you, Lord, I love you now. Just want to tell you One last time I love you, I love you I love you, Jesus I worship and adore you each one of you. I want you to get your offering in your hand, whatever God has laid on your heart to give today, your tithes, your capital gifts, whatever God has given to you to do today. Get that offering in your hand right now. If you're giving online, you can give through Cash App or Givelify. Go ahead and get that Cash app, give a fire ready. And let God bless you today. Now, always give as unto the Lord. Give as a cheerful giver. Give laying claim to the promises of God, which are yea and amen to the glory of God. That God will do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you could ask or think and recognize that when you give he will give unto you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over will men heap unto your bosom get your device out in your hand if you're giving online hold your envelope if you're not any other way and i'm going to ask you to leave your gifts at the door with the ushers as you leave let's pray over them Father, we give you our gifts, our tithes, our capital stewardship, our offerings. We thank you, Lord, for being blessed enough to be able to give. And we thank you, Lord, that if we do not have it now, we thank you that, God, we make a pledge, even in church today, that when you bless us, we'll bless you. So, Lord, thank you for releasing our blessings because you can trust us to give it to you. We love you and we appreciate you and we count this day as a blessed day because of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.